Welcome aboard the My Ship Story podcast. Let's head up to the pool bar, order up a rum punch, and listen to the ship's crew tell their stories about life at sea. The life of a realtor. Take a call at any time of the day or night. Damn. <laughs> Not for the fine of heart. Nope. Always on call. Just like on a ship. Always on call. Always on call. Do you have your pager? You have your pager on? <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, an iPhone. Beeper. Eric, keep your yeah. Oh, oh, is yeah. It was a beep. We called it. Did we call it a beeper or a pager? I don't know. Uh, I think back in the back in the nineties, it was a beeper. Uh, on the ship, it was a. I think it was a pager. But before I got on the cruise ships, fixing computers, they didn't. You know, there was no phone number or anything. You just got beeped to mean that you had to call the office yeah 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 that was you know weirdly it was really the days before you had to carry a, a walkie-talkie i mean on on the later days when i was on renaissance i always had a walkie-talkie and i had to carry it everywhere and it always had to be on oh yeah but we had to carry remember especially turnaround days didn't we have walkie-talkies yeah when yeah. we were on duty like when a stage staff was on duty i'm sure is whoever's on duty has a walkie-talkie yeah. because yeah. someone had to be in contact with you yeah remember right on especially on turnaround days like i remember a second crew i always had a walkie-talkie on talking to the first purser like you know finishing immigration and clearing immigration and who's missing and giving you the names over the walkie-talkie page this person and that person to come to immigration we're going to take a redo oh i thought we were part of the show that was it we were going <laughs> well it might be we can always edit it well i say we i mean scott <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Scott, tell us a little bit about when you joined ships and what you did. Uh, I joined in 1992, the majesty of the seas. <laughs> and I... <laughs> uh, man, I started in 1992, March of 1992, uh, majesty of the seas. Uh, I brought it out from France on the uh, first crossover, my first ship, and and had all the A-team and whatever. And I actually started as a ballroom dancer, but when I got to France, they decided against that, put me in this uh, stage staff position. But we're going to hear your whole story next time, right? Oh, my gosh. You you tune in for part one and two of this because it is the most debacling thing ever. I can tell already we're going to hear too much, but um, <laughs> today... <laughs> It's all good. Yeah. Today, we're going to listen to Eric tell his story about how he joined ships. So, Eric, take it away. Hey, hey everyone. Uh, yeah. So, this is going to be my ship story of how I got started working on the cruise line. I went to Florida International University in Miami, and uh, my whole six years, yeah, you heard the that. The fight right. and hurricanes. <laughs> No, uh, not the fighting. Uh, you'll never guess. The fighting Cuban. The the. No, is that? Uh, so, the, it's not the Gators. Florida, Florida International. The fighting visa uh, applicants. <laughs> so we started out as the Sun Blazers and ended up by the time I graduated, Golden Panthers. Now I think maybe Whoa. they're just Panthers. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't keep it straight. But um, I think Damn. that in my six years, I. Th thought I was going to a party school because that seems to be seems to be what I did most of the time I did uh, in between a lot of running I did a lot of drinking so it took me a while to get through college but uh, after I graduated I was looking for a job and uh, I started just sending in applications everywhere and I know that a lot of people are excited about working on ships and I know that, that you guys were especially you Brad were really excited and gung-ho about working on a ship where I was like 
eh, there's a job. Let me just apply and see what happens. And I had applied and completely forgotten. Then out of the blue, one Sunday morning, uh, I get a phone call. And at this point, this is like in, in August, early August, and I'm pretty hungover because it's Sunday. And I get a phone call <laughs> and says, Sunday. hey, <laughs> you know, of course, Sunday mornings are always hangover, you know. And uh, so I get a call saying, hey, come in. Uh, can you come in for an interview today? And I figured, well, I don't have a job. I'm pretty broke at this point. Uh, I owe my roommate money. I owe everybody money. So I figured, okay, so I'll come in. So I went in for this interview down at the pier uh, in Miami where the corporate now, office Now, what are. starts is like, hey, I think about what about a cruise ship? Like where where did that thought come from out of your hungover drunken night stupor? Hey, I never really dreamed or thought about working on a cruise ship. I needed a job. And it's so this was kind of like and this is my life has been a lot like this. It's the path of least resistance. Like, you know, wherever that my life takes me, that's where I go. And so that as, was the as as Sung Zhu says, flow like water. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the way kind of my life a lot of my life has been. <laughs> so so yeah, I went down. I, I wasn't really interested. There I saw you know, I saw an ad in the paper and it was for a computer officer. So I thought, okay. So I went in and the job was actually an assistant purser, which for people out there that don't know, that's basically the front desk or reception. So I go through this interview, call me back just a few hours later and said, great, you know, we did great. We want to offer you a job. The pay is $1,300 a month. And for me living in Miami, I was like, what? Are you freaking crazy? I just couldn't believe how low the money was. So hey, I, I'm in Oklahoma and that's bank. <laughs> yeah, I was like thirteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah, nope. I wasn't. I wasn't buying it. But I was like, okay, well, I don't have any of the options. I'll say yes now, and then I'll just furiously apply for other jobs in the meantime, see if I can find something in a week before I go. Because I just didn't have any money. I was broke, and I was like, well, I have to take this. I'll do one one assignment, one contract for six months, and then I'll just, you know, whatever. I'll just find another job. How that was old my were you thinking. At this time? What's that? How old were you at? Uh, I was when 23. All this I was oh, okay. 23 years old, and so I was like. Like, you know, I wasn't gung-ho about it. I felt like, oh, I can't believe I'm leaving. I love my, you know, I really enjoyed living in Miami. It was, you know, Miami is a pretty big party town. And so I really enjoyed living Miami, living in Miami. And so I am told then, hey, you need to go get, uh, uh, do you have a passport? And I said, no, I've never left the country. Uh, and then they say, okay, well, you need to go down and get a passport. Well, in order to get a passport, I need to get my birth certificate. I was born in Los Angeles. So my dad had to not my dad, my uncle had to go to the local hospital and get one for me and FedEx it to me in Miami. So then I could run down to to the passport office, get my passport office. I walk in one day, come back at the end of the day, voila, I got a passport in hand. I was shocked Damn. because I was like, I can't believe I just did this in a day. Damn. Again. You got a passport in a day? Yes, one day. Twenty wow, less crazy. than twenty four hours, same day. Same day turnaround. Does, doesn't it take like three months normally? Yeah, if you if you if you mail it in, it takes a few months to do it. But hey, maybe I just got lucky. Again, I have to say that I've had a pretty, you know, lucky life where things just kind of work at themselves out. So I just figured what the hell. Me too. So again, me too. I have always been really yeah. lucky for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, me no too. Idea. I can't complain. I've left a, I've lived a pretty charmed life. So I no complaints here. So again, I was not thrilled or excited with joining the ship. I was just kind of like, I was dreading it. I was going to leave Miami, leave all my friends. I didn't know anybody. I was pretty shy in college. Um, like I, 
I'm not shy with people that I know well or small groups of people, but I, you know, meeting new people was always not the best thing for me. I just was kind of shy and quiet. So, um, you know, so I wasn't excited about going. I, you know, most people were thrilled. Hey, I'm going to join. I'm going to live this, you know. And here I am almost dreading it. Like, uh, I can't believe I'm doing this. At this but, time in the 90s, uh, everybody, uh, Royal Caribbean, uh, this particular cruise line, uh, used to get about 13,000 applicants a month. And we have Eric. Okay. All right. I'm 22. I'll do it. A month. Okay. Yeah, fine. You know, so that was my attitude going in. So, you know, during that week you get all, you go in and, and you get fitted for uniforms and, you know, all that stuff. They tell you what you need to bring. And, you know, luckily I was in Miami so I could find white shoes. We all had to wear white shoes, but, you know, that wasn't a problem in Miami. Uh, you, you could find them. And they couldn't be sneakers, right? So, at least for us. So we Didn't had they to. they have like a them. uniform shop, like on Flagler or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah this right little yeah. nondescript. Yeah. Window door with like nothing on it that said yeah. uniform shop. Yeah. Yeah. It, exactly. it wasn't even like, hey, buy all your uniform. It was like dirty 1970s looking windows uniforms. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we, you know, you had to go in and get that medical done that it was basically, are you breathing? Okay. You're good. At the semen center. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I went there and I had no idea how to take that. I was like, this is the biggest punk sign ever. Is this okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was it was a pretty crazy experience, just how fast it all happened. So I had to tell my roommate I'm moving out. I promised him that I would keep paying rent until he found another roommate, you know, and it was like he wasn't happy with me. He was pissed off. You know, it was just kind of rough going that week and everything just happened so fast. You know, you get a call on a Sunday and it's like, you're on board next Sunday. So here we go. Sunday morning, they, you know, be down at the pier at, you know, 7 a.m., which again, for me on a Sunday, 7 a.m. is an ungodly hour. Because um, you were drunk. Right. Because I was hungover. And you just have to remember, Miami's like an all night city. They're like the bars, if they close, it might be for an hour between 6 and 7 a.m. So it's like a really late night thing. So for me to be at the pier by 7 a.m. was like, okay, I couldn't really go out the night before since I had all packed and stuff like that. So. Uh, I go down and so I had been hired for uh, the Emerald Seas uh, which was part of one of the Admiral Cruise Line another cruise line that Royal Caribbean owned and so when I got down to the pier everybody starts telling me you're wearing the wrong uniform and I'm like well, what are you talking about like oh you're not going to Emerald Seas anymore you're going to Song of America and I'm like well what happened what's going on and they're like another assistant purser on Song of America was Basically, the, cap the staff captain kicked him off. The staff captain had his children sailing with him. And this assistant purser, which is the most junior rank in the department, um, decided that he would, you know, get the, the, the chef to cook him some pizza and said it was for the staff captain kids. And so the staff captain was furious with him and kicked him off the ship, basically. He didn't get fired, uh, but they kicked him off the ship and sent him to the ship that I was going to go. And they switched me and I got to go to Song of America. So I was, I didn't know the difference, but my first day I show up and I have all wrong uniforms so i have to get new uniforms from the ship before i can go out so on this is turnaround day and things are really hectic people barely have time to really train you right because it's like just a crazy day for everybody on the ship no um, nothing there is no crazier day than turnaround right. in miami no it's no it, it, it's just 
all day go 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 you can barely get a pee break i mean it's just like go 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 so uh luckily my first day was not on the front desk as a receptionist but i got to help out checking in the non-us passengers back then the non-us passengers uh were checked in by shipboard staff and we made sure they had the right visas that everything was valid and we would collect the passports on the pier so after a few, you know, I just basically sat with Allison Rickards and yes, I know Brad, you know, Allison, I don't uh, know what happened yeah. to her. Yeah. She, she worked on ships for years. I don't know where she's at today, if she's still on ships or not, but, um, so, so I, so hot, <laughs> I'm sure she would appreciate that. Um, I'm sorry, let's get that out. Yeah, no, no, don't cut that it out. Sexist. Nope. That was real. That was super sexist of me. I'm so, I don't mean to object. I don't, I don't want to objectify women, but God, she was hot. Yeah. She's on as our next guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she would love to do this. I'm sure she could come up with some stories I, I, about I hope, me. I hope she's objectifying me when she comes on. I that's <laughs> fair play. Um, anyway, so Allison was uh, training me. Uh, like I said, I had never left the U.S. She was English. Uh, very nice. We got along really well. You know, was just kind of learning the ropes. But we spent the whole afternoon out on the pier checking in people. You get the hang Is of it. Is this the English Allison girl with the really curly hair? No, she didn't have really curly oh, hair. Oh no, never mind. That's Michelle. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the day was all right. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't so bad. This is, you know, isn't really challenging. So I'm like, fine. So we go, uh, at the end of the day, you know, right before, as we're about to sail, we, you know, go, we balance the manifest, which is basically making sure that shoreside and shipboard had the same number of people that we had the actual right number of people on board. Uh, because there's, there are no shows, there are all sorts of stuff that happens that somebody shows up in lieu of somebody else. Back then, you could book a cruise on a Sunday if there was space available. So people would try to get a discount and come to the pier that morning. So you would add people that way. Um, so we go back on the ship and we're, you know, bal balancing the, the list. And we go into the, the purser's back office and uh, in comes a bartender. And I'm, you know, and he asked, I was the first one. I was the closest one to him. And he asked me what I wanted to drink. And I'm thinking, well, this is weird. Like, <laughs> bartender's asking me. So... You know, I'm at work, so I order a soda. I order like a Coke or something like that. Everybody, there was about 10 people in the room. Everybody just starts laughing and says, no, no, order a drink. And I'm like, I'm a bit stunned because I'm like, wait, I can order alcohol while I'm working? And they're <laughs> like, yeah, of course you can. And I was like, like I was floored for about two seconds. And then I thought, I Long might either. like this job a lot more than I thought <laughs> I was going to. And that was a beginning of, uh, of the extension of my college drinking days, if not even worse than what I was doing in college. I mean, that was just the beginning. I will tell you on another date, my second time in Mexico story, because that was quite a doozy in Mexico. But uh, that's how I joined the ships. And then uh, just to give you a little brief, um, I remember I said, I'm doing one contract and I'm out of here. You know, this is enough money. I am like, this is, I don't want to do it. So I joined the ship and, you know, it, it's an adjustment. It, it, it's, it was a bit of an adjustment for me, especially because, you know, I was kind of shy. But, you know, one contract turned into to two, three, four, five. I ended up sailing five years. I looked forward to going back and, you know, being with friends. And it's one of the like best experiences of my life. You know, it's, it's really hard work. And the way I'll describe it to everybody, just to, so everybody out there understands, 
every night is a Friday night. It's so much fun being on ships, but you have to get up and every morning is a Monday morning. You have to work your ass off and know that you're gonna work every single day. But again, best experience of my life. I had a great time. That's so awesome. I know uh, everybody. I've got to say, uh, Eric and Brad were were purses on here. Um, I have to say props to the person department because if you are listening and you have no idea what they actually do, you know, on turnaround day there are what. 2,500 people getting off, 2,500 people getting on, probably four or 500 crew members at any given time. And there's what, 10 or 12, 13 of you processing all of this, all the visas, all of the shoreside stuff. Uh, man, I'm telling you, that is whether you're drunk, whether you're not, whether you're sober or whatever, that has got to be the hardest thing in the world because you have to have. Yeah. All your odd, all your T's crossed, the I's dotted, and everything. It's that just amazes me. Well, there no, there's way less than that. I mean, you've got the purser's desk that's just doing their desk job, but as far as handling the passengers and the crew coming on, there's one or two, one or two people doing all of that every day, every turnaround. It's even crazy. even better. I mean. Yeah. And that always ma- amazes me, like that the pursers, you guys, whether you're crew or, or passenger pursers or whatever, that you process everybody getting off and control all of that. And then when you go out to the baggage area and look at the complete chaos out there and not realize that as chaotic as it is, it's an organized chaos yeah. to some point. But it's just, well, you know. It, it, you know, it, you get it down to a science, right? You know, week in, week out. It's a little bit easier if you're doing seven-day cruising because you have the same thing every turnaround. And when we first joined, I think most of the cruises were that way because it was most of it was Caribbean. So that's it's a lot easier to handle than if you're repositioning and moving and you're going to countries you've never been before. That's really, really, really challenging. But you know, we have so many stories, you know, that about. And, and especially in the persons department, I, and I will, will tell you a few, and I mean, not not today, but we'll get to some of my uh, favorite purser stories, just like really short ones, you know, with some challenging passengers and, you know, what may or may not have happened to their luggage. <laughs> 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 that is going to be an exciting uh, conversation you, at that time. You and you bags. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean your bag's missing? You, that was actually really tough at the front desk as an assistant purser to uh, deal with yeah. lost luggage. And it lost usually happened because terrible. 99% of the time the airline lost the luggage and it didn't make it to the ship. And that was really, really hard to deal with for the guests and for us because these poor guests have saved for a lifetime and they're in tears at the front desk. And, you know, those are the people you really felt for and you tried to help. The people that were yelling and screaming at you, even though it had nothing to do with us. I mean, those are the people that you are just like, you know, what do you want from me? How do you expect me to find your luggage? Man, that's awesome. That's going to be a great story uh, when we get in into all that stuff. But, uh, well, everybody, uh, that is Eric's story on how he became to work on a cruise ship. So we've got Brad's and Eric's. I, I'll be here sooner or later, but hope you guys enjoyed Eric's story. Look forward to more. Be sure to uh, follow us, like us, 
spread, share everything. So I'd like to thank you guys for um, listening to the podcast. May I have your attention, please? You've been listening to My Ship Story. Listeners may now disembark the podcast. Be sure to join us for the episode coming at you next Monday. Donate to our Patreon and have a safe and pleasant journey home.